Welcome to Death and Aliens, an in-depth look at horror and sci-fi TV from two friends who vaguely know what they're doing. I'm Courtney. Hey. I did not hear you say that. I hope it recorded on your end. Oh, God. Yeah, I think so. Can you hear me at all? Yeah, I can hear you now. Okay. (laughs) Great. Anyways, how are you? I'm I'm good. I'm good. Um... This week was um, one of my Shays shows, and I saw finally Beetlejuice, and I still haven't seen it. Oh, <laughs> how was it? Incredible! It Best show you've ever seen. Incredible! Oh. Incredible! I forgot that was this week. Uh, but here's the thing. Dan didn't know Beetlejuice was a movie, except for that I was talking about it, and he had never seen it and did not know what on earth he was getting into. You need to break up with him, first of all, because that is nonsense that you don't know about the greatest movie in all of existence. Apparently, to be fair, his brother told me that his mom is really, really not a Tim Burton fan, and so as kids, they were like not really allowed to watch any of that stuff. But, like, he's not a child anymore. He's had time to catch up. Like, my parents weren't Star Wars fans, but I've seen Star Wars now. I feel like I need to just make him watch every Tim Burton movie that exists. Every one of them. Like, in succession. Like, just sit yeah. down and he can't stop just, watching them until they're all done. Right. Because I also feel like he'll understand me as a person so much better. So much better. So so well, much better. Because, like, so in the lighting design for the pre-show mm-hmm. for Beetlejuice, all of the like spotlights that are like going around the theater are purple, green, white, and black. Sure, yeah. Obviously. And I was like, he was like, aren't those your four favorite colors? I was like, yes. But that's not a coincidence. <laughs> 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 My aesthetic oh. is like, Beetlejuice, Wicked, all the things that are purple and green. Like, anytime that that color combination makes sense, Maleficent, Wicked, Beetlejuice, like... Barney. <laughs> Why'd you have to ruin it? <laughs> I have no self-control. <laughs> um, But yeah, Beetlejuice was fucking amazing. Um, the guy, so the guy who's on tour for Beetlejuice is obviously not Alex Brightman. Um, but, and I was nervous about that, but this is the guy who replaced Alex Brightman in School of Rock as Dewey. Oh, oh, Mm -hmm. interesting. So he's, so he's not unfamiliar with how Alex's roles are. And so, and it was, and the girl who was, uh, Lydia, Lydia. This is her first professional show ever. She was fucking incredible. Incredible. She is going places. Her voice was bonkers. Hmm. Oh, it was so good. I'm so jealous. I literally was like, I can't wait to get to work on Sunday just because I need to be backstage and see the sandworm in real life. I don't think I could talk to you anymore. Ugh. Ugh. I know. <sighs> I can watch Beetlejuice soon. The like movie okay. again just to cope. And um in a week and a half so a week from today I'm meeting Richard Dean Anderson. Right. And then right. and then two days after and then two days after that I'm going to the season announcement for Shays to find out what we're getting next year. Very exciting about that. Oh, it's love just gonna be you. just gonna try to love life as much as I can. Yes. How are yes. you? Um, worse than I was ten minutes ago because I forgot you saw Beetlejuice and I haven't. Um, but aside from that, <laughs> I'm okay. It's been a very weird week. Um, work has been a disaster. 
Um, it's fine. I literally showed up to work an hour late one day. And before I came in the door, Sarah like walked around and told everyone to be nice to me <laughs> because she knew how upset I was coming. Oh, no. It was, uh, yeah. So it's been that kind of week. Um, really? I didn't get off at the bar until almost 2 a.m. on Thursday night. I'm supposed to get off at midnight. Um, we have this new system where we clock in and out on and it tells you like, you're clocking out early. Are you sure? Because she always puts us like an hour ahead, like just in case we stay over. And it yeah. was like, you're clocking out an hour and 45 minutes late. And I was like, yeah, I know. I get it. Thank you, system. And um, I would I, hate that. I would hate to have a system like that for work, for like school. Because then I would have an actual numerical reminder of how fucking late this week, because it was the week after the show ended and it was like my first week of like not having everyday rehearsals and so it was not normal i will usually end up staying later but i left before three o'clock three days this week look at you love that for you i needed that next week next week i'll probably go back to staying till five o'clock every day because i just don't have time to do work any other time Mm -hmm. but this week and the one day that I didn't, it was because I had an appointment at three forty-five. So I knew there was no point in leaving work and going home. So I just stayed at work till three fifteen. Mm-hmm. Before yeah, I I'll do that too. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, I was at the bar until two a.m. because first of all, we had a party at nine. No problem. Fine. Do you? Yeah. Yeah. And our new hostess, who I'm sure is lovely, and I'm not trying to talk bad about her because this is a public platform, but. She sat a 20 party table at the spot for the party an hour before the party. And they were Absolutely party drunk when they came not. in. They no. brought a glass from another bar. And so she sat them and I'm trying to go and break. Like my food's getting ready as they are sitting down. And so me and Riley were like, we're just going to tag team this. We're going to get everyone a drink and get them out of here. And yeah. so I told everyone I took a drink order from, I was like, you have to leave at 845. We have a party coming in at nine. And it's been, it's on the books already. So you have to be gone. And they're just like, have no idea what we're saying. Cause they're drunk. Yeah. One guy's like, can I order some appetizers for the table? And I was like, no, <laughs> Look, I don't, there's no time for that. Like, I don't think you understand. Yeah. There are 20 of you. We already are pushing it, giving you drinks. Like, and I got back from my break and they still wouldn't leave. And I lost my mind. Um, I you may can't or may do to- that. You can't. I mean, I've gotten a bad review. I haven't looked, but I was not nice to these people. This is the not nicest I've been at the bar. Um, And I kept telling them they had to leave. I said, I'll give you one more round. And then you have to take them to the bar and then you have Mm -hmm. to leave. Yeah. They didn't listen. So after three times of me telling them that, and it was like 8.58, I went downstairs. I was like, Jason, you have to tell them to leave because I can't talk to them anymore. I said, I'm cutting them off. They're all too drunk. And so because of their obnoxiousness, they were entirely cut off the rest of the night. Jason moved them, and I never spoke to them again. <laughs> and then, that's not the end of my night. Right, because then that's the party the comes in. the beginning. Yeah. So then the party then- comes in. They're nice enough. They're mostly theater. All's well. Not theater people I know. I knew one of the guys, but, like, otherwise, not really people I knew. But, you know, theater, nice enough, well enough. Yeah. So... They had on there a note on their reservation that there was going to be a guy with a guitar that might show up around 11 and play for like an hour and then be done by 12. Fine, kitchen clothes at 12. I'll get out, you know, 1230 probably. Yeah. It was a mariachi band that showed up. Jesus, Mary and Joseph. No. To an Irish pub at 1045 p.m. I took a video. And sent it to Tara the next day, and she never texted me back. No. I was like, are you kidding me? No. It was no. insane. I hate everything about I that. I literally thought I was living in a fever dream. No. Yeah. I No. So I was not much happier when I got to work Friday morning either. But for much different reasons than the day before when I showed up late. Um, <laughs> so that's been my, like, week kind of in a nutshell. It's been very strange and yeah. unnerving and tomorrow me and sadie are going on our first adventure which will be fun because yeah. i've like you know i like walk around the city or whatever and like we've gone in cars places and take her to dog parks but like 
Brian's birthday is tomorrow. And so they're doing a thing on Governor's Island and they have like winter dog days or whatever. So you can bring dogs on Saturdays and Sundays through the end of April. And so me and little Sadie are going to hop in a car and go down to the ferry and go to Brian's birthday and have a park day on Governor's Island. And I've never been to Governor's Island. I love that. Sadie is much less excited than me, but it's fine. Well, Sadie doesn't know. I keep know telling her. And she, she doesn't know. But when she gets there, she'll be excited. I hope so. I hope so. I'm very excited. Yeah. So I'm hoping that this wild week of wonders is better by tomorrow. Yeah. I, I hope so, too. I'm I'm working tonight, and Jason was like, I'm going to see you on Saturday. I was like, no, I'm quitting. And then I like went to do something else and forgot about my phone, and he thought I was serious. <laughs> he was like, what? Courtney, Courtney. (laughs) And I was like, I'm just kidding. I'll be there Saturday. (laughs) Yeah, no, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. It'll be great. So, you know what is great? You know what makes me feel better about this nonsense that we call life? Yeah. My spirituality. Well, you know how once I ran out of those cards, I decided to start looking at like random people's whose birthdays it was that day. And obviously, since it is my birthday, I knew some ideas of who else's birthday it was today. Um, and today is also the birthday in 100 years of the fictional character Pavlov Chekhov from uh, Star Trek. But he doesn't say anything inspiring. In, oh, bummer. Um, so I didn't use that. But Oh, and now somebody's going to come back and be like, actually, he said this in this episode and it wasn't spam, like, whatever, I don't give a fuck. Um, but so also today, um, I, a person I share a birthday with is the beautiful Sarah Jessica Parker. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. And so- Happy um, birthday, I, SJP. Right. So this SJP quote says, every time you walk out the door, you don't know what you'll bump into or who you'll bump into or what experience you'll have. You might step in dog poop or you might meet your destiny. Yeah, that's not as inspiring after this week as I thought it should be. Because <laughs> so far, I've not found any destiny. Well, but, but that's tomorrow. inspiring. Yeah, for all the maybe. best, all the best yeah. for the world. Because you never know. Like you might be having a horrible time thinking about going to work tonight, but then like, what if... I don't know. What if Ashley P herself has birthday drinks at your bar? Well, here's the thing. She didn't when she was at the Hudson. So she's probably not going to today because she was literally across the street for months. But that's fine. But not on her birthday. Yeah, on her birthday. This is oh. when she was at the plaza. The plaza Last year. was open then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but wasn't wasn't March when she got COVID and the plaza suite was like, for no, that was second. April because that was April. Oh, okay, I got April because I had COVID at the same time as Matthew Broderick, and she got it mm. after Matthew Broderick. Mm, okay, because so I was like, I'm pretty. I thought it was around her birthday that she had had COVID, but no. Yeah, I mean, it could have been, but I think it was like a week or two after. Mm, so. Okay. Well, yeah. Never mind then. I'm sorry. I am a Debbie Downer today. You My apologies. Are. You know what's a- not a Debbie Downer? It's because I'm so hype. And on edge as a person. <laughs> because today, after a year, <sighs> we have and made what it. What a year it has been. What a year it has been. We've made it to the final episode of the final season of Bates Motel. Season five, episode 10, The Cord. And um, I'm just going to, before we even get into it, I'm just going to say my one overarching thought. This is not at all how I saw the show ending. Just like. I saw a spoiler and I still didn't know how this show was ending because I definitely thought it was going a different direction, even with the spoiler I knew. Yeah, I, I, yep. Um, yeah, so it, it aired. <laughs> April 24th of 2017. Um, it was rated 9.1 out of 10. Yeah. Obviously. Obviously. Um, number one song is still Shape of You. Number one movie is still Guardians Volume 2. The number one book is The Chosen by J.R. Ward. I don't know. Sure, it's lovely. Everyone <laughs> should read it. Um, on this day, <laughs> maybe. I'm going to recommend it anyways. Um, You know, like one thing happened that was random. There was a vaccine for acne that was developed. Yeah. 
Yeah, I thought that okay. was interesting. And then it is the birthday of two major powerhouses, uh, Kelly Clarkson and Barbara Streisand. Streisand. Can't say her name. It's you know, yeah, totally a thing, right? April, um, let's see what what was going on in my life? April twenty fourth of twenty seventeen. What day? I is- was crying. I'm sure. Still. Still, just crying forever. Um, see, I have this thing where my memories on, um, like, my Google photos somehow stop in July of 2016 and then don't start again until July of 2017. So that whole year, mm-hmm. um, I lost somewhere, mm-hmm. which must not be entirely true because i have the pictures somewhere because that was so this was like i actually wasn't probably crying this was like four days after caitlin's wedding that's what i was gonna say like i was gonna say wasn't that right after caitlin's wedding her wedding was the 20th so yeah so i I was crying i was probably fine i was probably crying because i was back to work i was probably Um, crying because i was back to work after my adventuring but you know good yeah. times for for us good times were had by all um <laughs> so the director mainstay of course the finale has to be tucker gates tucker gates yeah can't give it to anyone else um and the writers are the same but because it is the last episode i'm going to go through them all again so we don't forget it's them have like moved up and down in roles and stuff but yeah. like the same mainstay has been there yeah it was developed for television by carlton cues carrie aaron and anthony cipriano based on the book by of course robert block the executive story editor who started out lower and just kind of kept breezing throughout the series was philip busser busser b-u-i-s-e-r and the story editor who was only recently added in the last couple of seasons is tori spear um tried and true Editors tried and true as well. It's Sarah Boyd. We have our crew doing their thing. Yes. Um, as the last episode is a great time to make your um, guest star appearance. Today we are talking about Jennifer Copping, who played Amy, the guest at the Bates Motel. Oh. Um, I was, like, She's was literally, for, I was like, there was literally no one new in this episode. But yeah, that's just think, not true. In her yeah. children. Um, she's known for Alaska Daily, De- Debris, Devil in Ohio, and Fargo. She was, fun fact, um, I'm going to start opposite. She's married to Jesse James Miller, who's a director, writer, and producer. He's known for writing on Sydney, um, which I believe was the Sydney Poitier movie. Mm, okay um and my favorite thing about this person in her existence she was handpicked by pete townsend to play the original sally simpson and tommy i love that isn't that fun that's fantastic but also when i saw her i was like she was probably in fargo she just had that that vibe she does yeah she has that vibe um oh things oh sorry i like was adjusting my headphone and Siri was like, can I help you? And started like popping up everywhere. Oh, no, thank you. Oh, it connect- disconnected. Oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. No, it didn't. No, you still sound the same. Okay. It just, you sounded weird for a second. Oh, okay. no. You-, you sound fine again. Okay. <laughs> um, And now, not a lot of good things are going to happen in the near future. So, buckle up, buttercup. We're going to finish. Bates Motel today. Yeah. Whew. So we left off with Alex kidnapping Regina and um, Norman and taking them into the woods to find Norma's body. Mm-hmm. And he's so we start in the car and poor Regina is having a meltdown. Oh, for sure. And like, Valid. I get it. Like, Alex has lost his mind, but also, like, you can see he has enough of the mental state. He's not going to, like, kill you. Like, except for what he's after. Except for that, like, um, 
Alex says something about I'm not the crazy one and Norman goes, that's debatable. And I go, it, it is though. Like, it- so like fair, but he's also in his right mind. He's just making bad decisions and knowing it. Like, I think that's a little bit of the difference. Um, and so Norma is obviously the one there today. And she's trying to calm everything down and, like, tell Regina everything's going to be fine and yada yada. And she's doing her, like, no-nonsense thing with Alex, who is just losing his mind continually. Um, And finally, Alex, like, because Regina's, like, losing her mind, he's like, pull over, pull over. And she thinks he's about to, like, pull over and shoot her, which, fair, fair assumption. I mean, I didn't think he was going to shoot her, but fair assumption. Yeah. And so he's like, get out of the car, get out of the car. So she gets out of the car and she's sobbing and he's like, okay, just go home. Yeah. And he's like, I'll just take it from here. You just go home. He's like, sorry, I can't give you your cell phone because they'll find us soon enough anyways, but I have to do this first. Right. And she's like, I'll die of hypothermia. And he goes, walk faster. I was like, okay, Alex, <laughs> I don't think that's really how it works depends on how far but like fine fine and um so she does she's off on her way and it's just norman and alex and we go to the credits yeah (laughs) wow wild start wild start um so then we go to the police station we come back and Sheriff Green is, like, sending out the masses to go find these people, as she should be. Right. And Dylan shows up. And I was like, okay, we're getting Dylan involved again, of course. Of course. Dylan goes to sit down and talk to her, and she's like, so where do you think they'd be? And he's like, I don't know, definitely going to kill Norman, either in the woods, at the grave. These are the places I would look. And then she's just like, yeah, I don't care about Norman. And I'm like, you don't call someone in to ask them for advice and then and tell then them t- you don't care about yeah, the person. Yeah, I literally go, it's going to be a no from me on the whole on the whole existence of the sheriff. She is the worst. Right. Like, you lie about it. And I'm like, sure, Regina's first priority, obviously. But yeah. you can't say that. And you also can't not look for Norman because, like, sure, he's, like, suspected of murder. But as Dylan pointed out, he hasn't he's been convicted. not been convicted yeah like he is and, yeah sure he's a suspect but now he's also a victim so treat him like a fucking victim right exactly exactly and like well like i mean yeah of course he killed these people he's also got like a mental dis- like imbalance so that's what that's what he is like he was like he is a first of all if norman was 18 or 17 when the show started and they moved to this city or this town and it's now five seasons later, but we're looking at it being about se- six years, I think. No, it's five years. Is it five? Well, because the end of season one to the end of season, or the end of season four to the end of season five is two years. But based on the gravestone, it's five years. How? It says it ends in 2022, and this is. He was 17. Did no, it says, it says. It says 2017 is his death year. Oh, I, tw- I was like, he's 22 because it said 2017 and we're in 2017, which was five years after the show started. That was my logic. Got it. Okay. But I'd, I would say the, cause the last season is two years. There's like a year yeah. gap. So I would say at most six years, that means yeah. that puts him at 23 at the oldest, Mm-hmm. Which, because I should have just looked at what year he was born in the fucking show, but I it was ninety. It was ninety five, which was twenty okay. years. Okay, so yeah, so twenty. <laughs> but so twenty. Okay. That's I, yeah, twenty two years old. Twenty two years old, and yes, and he's mentally unstable and has been living without a parent, and you for two years, and you are going to tell me that it's okay to not give a shit what happens to him when he was just kidnapped by a convicted felon yeah who you know is going to kill him that's the only reason he kidnapped him was to kill him correct like i mean oh sure other reasons but that's the main reason (laughs) um but yeah so we go back to alex and norman who are in the car and we just hear mumbling mumbling. it turns out norman's having a whole discussion with himself Mm -hmm. 
and Alex is just like staring at him and he's like, like I don't know what's happening <laughs> yeah he's like I don't know what's happening but we're gonna stop this and we're gonna keep doing what we're doing and like I during this whole thing, thing with, with Alex like getting get the angrier Alex got at him and the more out of control the situation got I literally my note says honestly at this point I don't think I'll get any satisfaction from him dying like I had gotten to the point where I was like how long in the show have I been being like somebody just fucking kill Norman already? But in this moment, I was like, I don't, I don't think I'm going to feel good if he dies. Like, I don't think I'm gonna any satisfaction from this because he's just so far past gone. Yeah, yeah. I thought you were talking about Alex at first, and I was like, no. I would not have satisfaction from dying. I want him no. to find his justice. Right. No, no, Alex dying has never been something I wanted. I wanted Norman to die, but I now no longer feel. And that's totally about a fair that. way to feel because he has totally gone off the deep edge. Um, like so far that part of me was actually surprised that he did take Alex to the body because I thought he was going to try and take him into a different part of the woods and just kill him. And um, because he also was like, while losing his mind was also very like calculated about it and he even said he was like what do you like what if i don't take you to the body and alex was like i can torture you forever or you can take me and i'll shoot you quickly like this is right. there is only one way this is ending my, and i was like my, okay well i i did have a problem with this part of the show and mm-hmm. and this might be a dumb problem to have but like i understand that it got colder and I understand that we're supposedly in winter in the Pacific Northwest. But in no other season, episode, segment of any show has there been snow. We've had just rain. It literally was raining a minute ago. And I understand that rain can turn into snow and ice. <laughs> but the beginning of the episode and the end of the episode, anytime they were not in the woods, there was not snow. No snow. So how in the actual fuck was there two feet of snow in the in the woods? What you know, I think the it was fuck happened here? Just for aesthetics. <laughs> I, as someone who who lives somewhere that it snows a fuck ton, I have never been so angry about the choice of a weather, like the way you felt about the rain. The rain in the beginning, yeah. And, and, and well, no, in the rain in both this and Dead Like Me, the way we felt yeah. about the rain in shows that are supposed to take place in the Pacific Northwest, that's how I felt about the snow in this moment. Mm-hmm. To the point where I don't have any notes about the scene and then finding the body, except for that I don't understand where the snow came from. You know, that's okay. That's a fair criticism. Um, I didn't care because i was like it's aesthetically pleasing that's why they did it and i love it and this is the last episode so whatever they can do whatever they want now uh, <laughs> but it's fair that you felt that way still um so he takes her to the body and he starts digging her up and he's like well it'll be faster if you help me and then alex just like pushes him out of the way and like does it and i was like alex never turn your back on a crazy person that's my next note uh uh you turned your back on a psychopath that was your mistake never turn your back on a crazy person like oh bless his heart so um he does that and alex is just heartbroken and when he digs out her face in any moment never got quite as far as you would be like he's making crazy moves i was like you know i get it but like that if any moment I questioned what he had done before and been like, you know, he's really kind of becoming a bad person. This moment changed all of that for me. And I was like, no, he is just genuinely heartbroken and trying to heal. And his option is either killing himself or killing Norman. Like those are his options. And the fact that he's the only one who believes and knows that Norman did it. And so he doesn't even have the recourse of somebody else trying to help him. And he's the only one who believed in and supported Norma in her whole life. Yeah. So that's cool. That was fun. It's very sad. And she's the um, only person she and she's the only woman ever in his life that he because it's a weird thing. So 
like he obviously was like a ladies man he had people who loved him sure but though the context that we had like one episode where we got some backstory on him and it kind of felt a little misplaced because then we never did anything with it except for mm-hmm. that that's not true because we absolutely did something with it it's just so much deeper than that but right. we gave him norma his, instead of his with his, his mom and the shit that she put up with from his dad mm-hmm. and then just getting to the point where there was no other choice but to kill herself and now having norma who is living the exact same life of abuse that his mom did and him being able to save her from any thought that she might kill herself until Norman kills her. And then everyone believes that she just killed herself. Like that has got to be the fucking worst full circle moment ever. Yeah. That is so tragic. And then he just like turns around and starts like wailing on Norman. And I was like, don't blame you. And literally when he like jumped on Norman, I could just hear like Mortal Kombat in my head, just like finish him. And I was like, yes, (laughs) yes, do it, do it. But unfortunately he turned back around and Norman got a rock and beat him over the head with it. And I was like, and that's the end of that. And, um, and it was, except he was definitely too dead to be talking, but he of course had to get his final line out of the way where he tells Norman, you did this and you could never erase that from your like memory or whatever he said. I don't really, I don't think there were. He, he said, he said, you'll never be able to run from that. He said, you yeah. killed her and you will never be able to escape from that. Yeah. And, and like, I just wrote God while, fucking damn it. Like I knew, I knew Alex wasn't going to live, but fuck. And honestly, this was probably like the best way for him to go out. He got to have his final say and he got and to see he made it to the face. Very end. Yeah. So, yeah. R.I.P. Alex Romero. Um. So, uh, and and then that's the last moment that I understood what the fuck was happening in this episode. Well, let me tell you because that's also the last moment Norman knew what was happening in this episode. Um, Norman finally starts to see her again, and she's like. There's no more protecting you. There's no more like that I can. You, you she's hide like, you she said there are no. She's like, yeah, there are no more secrets. You know everything mm-hmm. now, so there's no reason for me to still be here. I have to go. Yeah, and that's she leaves, and I was like, was this isn't gonna be good. <laughs> what the fuck just happened? Like this isn't gonna go well. <laughs> okay. So I was like, and at first I was like, is this the last time we're seeing Vera Farmiga in the like episode? Because that would also have been wild, but. Spoiler alert, it wasn't. But for good reason. But like I feel like I feel like it would have been such an interesting choice to then never see her. Like to see everything right? that, that we just saw for the rest of this episode, but not her. That would have been right? bonkers. It wouldn't have worked as well as what happened, but it would have I been think so. Yeah, I agree. Interesting choice. Um, I thought I so. would I would like uh, to see that fan at it. I, uh, if I could do it, I would. Um, <laughs> and then in the next scene, we're back in the sunlight. Norman, Norman are in bed and she's waking him up and she's got her longer blonde hair and she's like her perky 50s housewife self again that we saw in the very beginning. And we are, and then he and he's back and we come back and he's in his head in the snow alone. Because he's the conversation. He's like, I just had the worst dream. She was like, what was it about? He was like, I dreamed you were dead. She was like, that's so silly. Don't, don't do that. Like I'm here. And that's when I was like, this is bad shit. What is happening? Are you going to, and then he woke up in the snow and his face when he woke up in the snow was a different person. I'm telling you that was not, it was that you cannot convince me that that was Freddie Highmore in that one seat. I was like, What? The he rest of the, his face the rest so of the much. episode the rest of the episode goes back to just like crazy Norman but like in that one moment I was like who is this it was wild it was wild um and then the flashbacks start 
and we start back at the very beginning, moving to White Pine Bay, where she wakes him up and tells him she's sorry they have to move again, but she has a great idea. They're moving to Oregon, and they get in the car, and we get that first car ride scene again. And then he goes back to present-day Norman, who is in the car, reliving that scene and looking rough. Like, he is just starting over fresh. And he gets back to the house, and we see that he's carrying her body back inside because, of course, he took her body. And it is just like we are flashbacking back and forth between leaving, I don't remember where they were from initially, and driving into White Pine Bay, the exact first scene we got at the beginning. I think of the Scottsdale, show. I think Arizona. Mm, was that where sounds they were. right. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds right. And uh, we get to the house and he replays the same thing again with, we're here, things are new. And uh, he has his little quips and they're just like a normal mom and son again. <laughs> to Dylan. And Remo shows up. And I was like, I was like, I was like, he's happening. I love Remo. So I was like, I was so excited. And um, also the scene with Remo was so cute. It was like, was so it was the first, it was the first moment where I was like, maybe not everything in this show is going to end terribly. Like it was the first moment where I was like, there can be happiness for somebody. I don't know who, but somebody. Right. And not in white by May, but as long as you get out, <laughs> maybe you can find happiness on the other side. Um, we learned that he's trying to pay Remo for protection and he's like, oh, you want me to like have people keep an eye on Emma and Katie? And he's like, and me. <laughs> I was like, Dude. well, and he, and Remo's giving him a gun and he tries to give him money. He goes, put your fucking wallet away. Yeah. That's not what, that's not, no, no. He's like, I have so many of these just lying around. It's like, but like Remo, Remo's married now and he's still doing weed, but he's doing it like legitimately and legally. like selling it uh, to dispensaries and working for like an actual grower. And like, he's married and happy. And I'm like, he's doing so well. It, oh, my heart for Remo. I was so I glad to hear that he's come out on yes, the end. We needed that. <sighs> and um, but, but, learned- but my note about the gun said, who exactly are you going to kill with that? I don't, I don't know what your plan is right now, and I'm very nervous. I mean, this whole episode, I was very nervous. So, like, <laughs> that's fine. But Dylan is just, like, so on edge. And I was like, this... <sighs> Dylan is truly the only person in this entire show with a brain. I mean, aside from, like, Remo. Remo's done fine, but he's not as intertwined. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, like, he is the only one that's, like, logically thinking about things, too. And we have a have a brief second at the police station and Regina's back. We learn yeah. that she's made it. She's fine. But they still gotta go find Alex and Norman. So we go to the Bates home. And Norman is just hella beat up and acting like nothing's wrong goes down to the office to like do his typical daily office but he's like it's no, like they're starting he, the hotel thinks, again yeah it's like he yeah. thinks it's the day before they opened the hotel and he's like there to yeah. get everything ready and he's like putting the candy dish out and getting the guest book out and like cleaning up and i'm like and i'm like did you open the guest book did you see their names in there do you see that like th- things are different like no does not see any of that and uh he just like sees the police tape and just pulls it down like it's nothing like doesn't even question and puts it in his pocket i'm just like what the fuck is that like what are you doing oh my gosh and then this family comes up like they're just like hey the kids are super tired is it cool if we like get a hotel room and he's like oh we're not open yet but totally and i was like this is insane this is insanity i want the best for these fam this family and I am so nervous for them right now. Right. But right. he just like gives them, he gives them a room key and they're like, she's like, is My- it okay if the kids play outside? Got to get energy out. And he says, yeah, it's not nothing if it's not safe. And I was like, um, false. Yeah, no, my entire note about everything that happened from the end of the scene with Remo until the next time Dylan was on camera was what is happening? That was all I could say. I because like you we've seen now we've seen 50 episodes of this show and in the 50th episode there are still things that are like why what is going on but they're not out of place they're just like what is going on how do you still do this after 50 episodes i don't i don't understand (laughs) 
That is an accurate response. Accurate. Yeah. So after he gets this family settled and goes back home, we go to Dylan, who's drinking at the bar. And because when he just loses all hope and everything, he just goes to the bar because he doesn't know what else to do. And that's totally fair. I, I get it. Totally fair. And then this woman walks up and sits beside him. And I was like, don't even try to seduce Dylan. Right. I was like, do not. Do not. And uh, I was mad at her. Nothing wrong with her. She did nothing wrong. To be clear. But I was like, you better not talk to him. And he basically said the same thing. He's like, look, I'm just here to drink. And she's like, I'm going to order a double anyways. And I was like, please don't talk to Dylan. He's having a really rough time. And he really has to, like, get a hold of himself. And then he gets a phone call. Yeah. Thought it was going to be Emma. Twas not Emma. Twas not. Norman was calling to tell him that they moved to White Pine Bay, and that and that he's sorry <laughs> that you that he and Mom fought in Scottsdale, but he really thinks that they could try to start the family over, and that he misses him, and he knows Mom does too. And I was like, and he's like, like inviting him over for dinner, and. Yeah, Dylan is like, I have no... Like, Dylan probably was having the same reaction as you are now to what was happening. And he, like, he's like, what's happening? He's like, you want me to come over for dinner? He's like, okay. He's like, are you with Romero? And he's like, Romero, Romero. I don't, I don't, I don't Romero. And I was like, just killed a man that you've been trying to kill for three years and it's out of your head. That's Correct. fine. That's great. Um, So we go to the Bates home. And uh, setting up a really fancy dinner. He dresses up Norma. Kesara Sara is playing, which has been used in other Hitchcock films. Yeah. Um, and was an excellently creepy placement. Um, and he's just like milling about. And then Dylan pulls up to the house and, as he should, calls Emma. I was like, Dylan's going to die. <laughs> that was the moment I was like, Dylan's gonna die. This That's is- what I said too. First of all, my my first thing when he asked, so they're talking about it, like he's telling her that what's going on and like letting her know where he is to let her know that she's safe. And she was like, "You can't do this. You have a child." And he was like, "But do I have a wife?" And I was like, "Fuck! Oh. What a question!" Everything right? about my like, I just threw up in my mouth a little bit. Like, and then I was like, my next note just said, "How is Emma Dakota and her fucking air ventilator?" crush on Norman Bates going to be the only person to make it out of the show alive. My God, how, she's the only how one. did we get like, oh. from episode one of Bates Motel and Emma Dakota is the only one of those characters to come out alive. I was so I sure that Dylan was going to die and Emma was going to have to raise the baby alone after all of that shit. And I was like, I know what did I just watch for 50 <sighs> episodes? And he's like, tell me you love me. And she's like, I will not do that. She was like, like, I'm not not going to give you. And she's like, not. No, she said, I'm not going to give you ammunition to go in there and get yourself killed. Because if she would have said it, he would have been like, I can die happy knowing that at least she still loves me. But she's like, if I, but in her mind, she's like, I don't say it. He has something to fucking fight for and not go in there. And I thought for sure he was going to die without ever hearing her say she loved him again. I was like, ready to sob. I was like, I know. On the I, I was, I was like, this is nope, 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 nope. <sighs> and uh, Dylan, before he goes to the house, because he's the only one with a brain, Correct. goes up to the guest and he's like banging on the hotel door. First of all, she answers it way too casually for someone who's banging on her door in the middle of the night. Yeah, she probably should have died at that moment, but thank God it was just Dylan. And yeah. uh, he's like, hey. Did my brother check you in? Norman, skinny, dark hair. And she's like, yeah. He's like, yeah, you got to go. <laughs> he's like, it's not well, safe here. He's and like, she, he, gives, he gives her money to go stay in the King's Motel, tells her where to go. And also, like, she already probably had a weird vibe because of Norman's awkward answer about what happened to his face. And then his, like, weird description of how he used to have a brother named Dylan. And it was all fucking weird. So when the brother showed up and was like, my brother is crazy, she was like, checks out let me get the fuck out of here (laughs) absolutely and uh but like she gets her kids up and takes them out i was like thank god somebody listened to dylan like right first time in 50 episodes someone listens to dylan (laughs) (laughs) 
but it's fine. It's fine. There's always time for a first, I guess. Um, so I was like, should have called the police because he goes in and all of this stuff is happening with Norman. And he's like, great to see you. I haven't seen you in ages because all this big fight. And he's like, you have no idea what's going on. That's okay. And I was like, you should have called the police. But he's right. Like, it would have ended up in a shootout where the police killed Norman. Like, yeah. no doubt. And absolutely, uh, especially in this fucking town. Yeah. Shit, and so shit show sheriff. He's telling him, he's like, Mom's gonna be so happy to see you. And he's like, Mom, you keep saying mom, and she's not here. Like, he's like, she died. And he's like trying to reel Norman back in, bring him back to reality. And Norman's like hardcore fighting it. And it's clear that he's like actively fighting it. Mm-hmm. And he turns around, he sees like he goes around the corner and sees the back of Norma's head, and he just like he walks in and as soon as he sees her face immediately vomits and i was like yeah that that tracks that's what i would do probably and then he uh is like norman you have to know that she's not alive and he just keeps saying dylan don't ruin this and i was like yeah Mm -hmm. that's how you know you know what you're doing like at this point and he's like dylan what do you want to happen he's like this is how it is and he just looks at me he's like what i want to happen can't happen he's like I want you to be happy and well, and I want mom to not be dead. And Norman's that like, whole he, speech when he, I, when he was like, I want you to be, cause he didn't say happy first. He said, I want you to be well. I want you to be well. I want us to be a family. I want you to be happy. I want mom to still be here. Like I was like, and he doesn't even know that Caleb's gone. I know. Like I, <laughs> But uh, yeah, so he's like, bless his heart. And Norman's like, well, if you think about it hard enough, if you like pretend hard enough, basically anything can be real. And he's like, no, no, it can't. It's not how life works. (laughs) Uh, And so then Norman turns around and casually and carefully goes to pick up the knife and starts coming towards Dylan. And Dylan pulls out the gun. Well, Norman knows. Norman knows Dylan has a gun. Norman knows Dylan's not going to let him die. And he's basically forcing Dylan to kill him so that he can be with mom again. Right. And he just says, like, he pulls out the knife and he's coming towards him. And he's like, Norman, don't do this. He's like, Norman, you can't do this. He's like, you don't make me. He says, don't make me do this. Yeah. And Norman just says, this is how it ends, isn't it? It's like, this is how it ends. Like, everything ends here. And uh, uh, and now Norman's like, just like losing it. And he's like, he goes to put the knife above Dylan's head, and Dylan shoots him, and he dies in Dylan's arms. And I was like, this okay. is and the thing, most dramatic. And the thing, thing is, he when he when he shoots him and he starts to fall in his arms, he tells him he's sorry. And then when he finally is dying and he gets like his flashback reuniting in death with his mom, he says, thank you. No. Wild. That's, I... And that's like all he wanted was to be back with her, but he couldn't do it himself. And like, oh gosh. So he goes off with Norma just like he always wanted. And I think, I think personally, Dylan knew it would come to this and he thought he would rather be the one to do it than the police. Yeah. And that's so heartbreaking. And like, I don't know how Dylan is a person still. Like, I don't understand how he is still a person. But um, I am truly shocked that this show killed Norman. Like, I, and the spoiler I saw, I, I know we have a few few things happening still but the spoiler i saw was this show was going to end with a blowout with norman and dylan so i knew they would both make it to the end and i knew that there was gonna be something i assumed dylan would die and i knew but i knew it was gonna be a blowout between the two of them but i thought that dylan was going to die in the end and instead dream a little dream of me starts playing which is one of our songs and has had great placements and i like oh yeah excellent placement and we're going through the whole montage at the end. Dylan's crying with Norman. Uh, Sheriff Green finds Romero. Um, the house they, and motel have been sold. And then we go they, to well, Emma. But before, before the house and motel have been sold, they show 
they show the sheriff and the police taking both Norman and Norma's body out of the house. And Dylan is not in cuffs. He's sitting on the porch. So you know that it's defense and that they're not going to press any charges. So he's going to be free to go. Cause that was the other thing I was afraid of when he shot him, him, that he was going to go to jail and he wouldn't die, but he would still not be with his family. I knew that that wouldn't happen. I didn't think it would, but since I fucking hate the sheriff and think she's the most (laughs) incompetent piece of shit that ever happened to the show. Like Romero was a better sheriff and he was fucking murdering people. Like, right. Right. Totally fair. Totally fair. Um, Yeah. But then we do get our montage and at the end, Emma, Katie and Dylan get to live happily ever after. And when they, they just... when they showed Emma and Katie walking and then they got to the corner and the kitty Katie ran over to Dylan. I for a hot second thought it was like divorce parent drop off. Me thing. too. <laughs> Me too. And, and then... then when she kissed him, I was like, oh my God. I, I think, what does my note say? My note says, I guess there was a happy ending. Question mark. I, I don't know. I don't know what just happened. I don't know what just happened. And the last scene of the show was the grave, the connected gravestones. Norma's with her creepy words, and Norma's Norman's that Norman's said nothing. Didn't even say a name. No, it did say a name. It, did say a name. I, it had his name, name, and it had his date from a birth and date of death, and that was it. That was it. That. Because Dylan had to let go. Like, he couldn't even... Wow. Wow. Uh, We made it. Wow. Like, that's all I got. That's all I got. Like, holy shit. And for all the people that were like, the show kind of went off the rails, wasn't great. No. The show was incredible. Every twist and turn, every turn in the show that we made to make a different storyline was yeah. necessary and wonderful. Everyone else is wrong. It <laughs> doesn't like Correct. this show. Correct. I don't care what you have to say. Um, so before we get to the trivia, let's let's punch some people. So okay. Who do you want to punch in the face? Uh, Sheriff Green, because she fucking sucks. Ugh, same, same. Okay, I won't punch her, though. I'll punch... Norman for making Dylan go through that. I I'm down with that. Although I would like to also punch Sheriff Green because she's stupid and bad at her job. Um, who is your MDP? Dylan. I do I not care. I'm also picking Dylan. Yeah, I don't know how <laughs> you have. I don't know how you have anybody else in this episode. I haven't gone through this. I mean, you could pick him up, but I have not gone through this entire show with yeah. my love and adoration for Dylan to not have him as my MVP for the final episode. No, of course. I mean, yeah. I mean, okay, because you have been team Dylan the whole time, if we want to have two and I give you Dylan, I think that Emma's refusal to tell him that she loved him yeah. just so that there was a reason for him to not die was right. was enough to like even though that was the only scene she was in in this episode mm-hmm. like that was enough to also like warrant sure. an MVP thing mm-hmm. also like then that's hard because what about Romero being the one to no Romero being oh. the one to snap Norman back into himself like that was his revenge he got his revenge mm-hmm. and Norman was it wasn't killing Norman it was making Norman live with what he did yep fuck yeah I don't know well I do have a bit of trivia for you okay so uh I will tell you um let me see okay so this was Freddie Highmore's favorite episode of the entire series yeah I mean hands down um spoiler alert on other adaptations of psycho in the 1987 tv show and in the second book we do see norman die but it's much later than it is as a like well yeah young adult. i mean even in the but, original hitchcock movie he was older than this when right he went to jail so we do this is not the first adaptation we've seen him die in which i didn't realize until mm-hmm. I was reading this, but uh, so there have been a couple more. I'm sure this was the best, but there have been a couple more. 
Um, the closing montage with Emma, Dylan, and Kate shows a plaque on the ground, and it's a figure of Alfred Hitchcock. Nice. And last but certainly not least, and just the best way to end, I think, when Norman carries Norma upstairs when they're moving to the house for the first time, this was the last scene that was filmed before wrapping. Yeah. Yeah. So I would like to leave us on that unsettling note that they were also left on while filming the show. And uh, that's Bates Motel. Oh, I just like don't know what to do with my life now. Like the past year has revolved around Bates Motel. And now it's like, I mean, Stay tuned because next Thriller Thursday is, of course, the DNA Awards. So we'll be our f- what our fourth, our fourth DNA Awards. I'm like Grove, Cole Shack, Dead Like Me, yeah, yeah, and Bates. So our fourth annual, <laughs> our fourth <laughs> annual in, th- in in three years of podcast, we're on our fourth <laughs> annual. Yeah, fourth annual um, DNA Awards. Um, I. Will God willing be having some more fun facts for you as we go through our awards? And I'm sure, I'm sure there will be more discussion the show, right? Um, because I will never stop talking Bates Motel until I die. Um, well, and because it is um, a part of me now. Here's the other, the other real problem, and world. I'll just tell you guys this right now. Um, we have to film the DNA awards in two days, but we both work all of the days between now and then and we don't remember what the dna categories are so it's yes. gonna be it's gonna be an interesting dna awards for sure for sure um yeah so uh stay tuned because it's it's bound to be wild oh, um, wild but it is the dna awards upcoming at the end of the awards, I will be announcing the next movie we are doing before we get into our, what we're going to call a hiatus show. Okay. That's how I'll lovingly be referring to it, which will I make more that. sense when I tell you all more. Yeah. Um, but in the meantime, aside from our upcoming Thriller Thursdays, please stay tuned. We still have our wonderful Sci-Fi Sundays. We made it through last week, so we are going to be fine for the rest of the season now for sure um so check in check in on sci-fi sunday take a little breather from the stress that is Bates motel and gear yourself up because the next one's gonna be a doopsie oh boy so you can find us on all the social media at death and aliens you can email us at or death and aliens at gmail.com we know everything about Bates Motel now, so spoilers are welcome. And we are open. Um, actually, I, I, there was something I was going to tell you. Um, because I, whenever I get a Reddit notification and it's from the Bates Motel Reddit page, I don't tend to read it. But then after I watched the episode yesterday, I was like, oh, now I can read all the Reddit posts on oh, Bates yeah. Motel. And there was one that I got yesterday that was really interesting. And I was going to share it. And now I can't. Now I have to like figure out. I mean, what I will be scouring like. the Reddit boards tomorrow. Do not worry. <laughs> um, I will be scouring Reddit boards, trivia boards, fun fact boards, as well as remembering what happened in what season because oh, it's such yeah. a moment. But so it um, will probably be a long one if I had to guess. But, but oh, it'll be it was. It. The post was about um, how phenomenal Vera uh, Vera Farmiga oh. is. You know, no, I'll tell you this. I'll talk. I'll talk about in the DNA awards. Um. Good. Yeah. Talking about that. I forgot. Oh, um. it said. Uh, oh, it was the. It said Norma Louise Bates, scripted drama's most nuanced character? Question mark. And then another post that just said, "I think one of the biggest jokes of the decade is Vera Farmiga not winning an Emmy for this show." Truly, my God, truly incredible. She is phenomenal. Um, But yeah, aside from our podcasting 
contacts, you can find me at cecloud13. And you can follow me everywhere at E-N-K-A-Y underscore superstar. And please join us Sunday for Sci-Fi Sunday and the continuance of Stargate. Bye. Bye.